From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. The Winemakers Podcast, welcome to Stemple Creek Ranch. We're uh, on location, me and Bart Hansen, I'm Sam Katuri, and we have good friends of mine today, uh, Lauren Poncha of Stemple Creek, and uh, the king of Instagram and TikTok, barbecue pit master. But I, I, actually, I think of you, Chuck, it's kind of like a Superman Clark Kent thing. Like mild-mannered insurance salesman by day. Uh, alcoholic the, by night. <laughs> alcoholic by night. The king of the barbecue. But, you know, you change. You change. Well, you still wear the, like, Hawaiian shirts at work. So it's it's not like you're in a suit and tie yeah, and, and glasses. But uh, uh, Chuck is uh, Chuck Maddow. He's the flavor train on uh, Instagram. Um, Might be the best intro I've ever received. Is it really? It might be. You right. really sound much more esteemed than I am. <laughs> what he's trying to say is I drink a lot and barbecue a little. That's the best way to say it. Well, you've achieved what we all look for in this business is balance. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, exactly. you, you, got, you have balance. Uh, and we're here. We're at the... I just keep calling it the smoke off. Is there an actually name for the event that uh, is happening here at Stemple Creek Ranch today? The Stemple Creek Ranch Barbecue Classic, the first annual. The first annual. But it might even be biannual based on today's success. Right. What we're talking about. Right. You know, it's the, kind of a ball so far, so we might do this again. So, and, and just to like sort of set the scene here, um, it's about 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, how much have you guys been up since last night is there, any, is there any sleeping going on is this like this is like full this is this isn't like any pretend barbecue throw some stuff on this is like the all-night affair right well uh the teams got here this morning at six they started okay. cooking at seven and uh um they have been cooking since then they're going to turn in a set of ribs around two and a brisket around three all right and uh yeah, a lot of fire started right in the morning at six. I was splitting wood last night at midnight or one in the morning because <laughs> we're we're gonna be we're the Stemple Creek team, which is not part of the competition, is cooking a whole lamb. That lamb looks brisket, amazing. Some other stuff, just yeah. for you know, we're cooking some huge toma, tomahawks. Um, just for fun and entertainment right. purposes. From Costco. He's making fun of me. <laughs> Most it, likely. It's our unicorn beef, the really, really, really awesome stuff. Yeah. So Beautiful steaks. Lord, don't be afraid to just like get into the microphone okay. there. Yeah. yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's... Uh, more sort of stage setting because yeah, this is how did this we is, end up here? This is one of my favorite places on the planet, oh, uh, Lauren. And um, there's nothing like when you drive in and you know you come up the driveway and you come over that hill and then you drop down and you have the barn and all these beautiful, the beautiful grounds, the sort of like events. And then today when you do that and it's eleven, you know, ten o'clock in the morning and just like the smell of barbecue and you open up the window, it's just, it's just. Um, this place is awesome. We're out in, how far are we from the ocean right now? We're about four miles from Dillon Beach to the east. It's a okay. peddling address, but it's really closer to the town of Tamales. Right. All right. So we're, you know, we're out in the, the extreme edges of, of Sonoma and Marin County right now uh, at one of the world's finest cattle raising establishments. Uh, and Chuck, you'd talk more about the way that this meat tastes out here, but um, the way that you farm 
build soil carbon. And when I heard that, even before I ever met you, I knew that I wanted to come out in here and see what you're doing. But um, before we go any further, and especially before we get into that bottle of 2003 Chateau Montalena, um, <laughs> let's let's talk about um, what Stumple Creek Ranch is and a little bit about your, your history, farming practice. Family yeah, history. family history and, and yeah. kind of... Oh, that's cool. That's a, like Chuck said, that's a pretty amazing um, introduction. And I'm, I'm super proud um, to know you, Sam, and to know all of you guys, Bart and uh, Chuck, and um, to be able to run with, you know, high caliber wines like yours with our, with our beef is pretty awesome. So um, we're a fourth generation ranch. I, my family's been here for about 120 years. My great grandfather immigrated from Garzano, Italy. So we have Italian roots and we're all actually working on citizenship right now um, to have our citizenship as well uh, in Italy and in the United States. And uh, we've been continuously farming and ranching you know, since 1897 here. And uh, about, about 17 years ago, I'm 47, so put it in perspective, about 17 years ago, I moved back to the ranch and uh, wanted to be a full-time um, full-time rancher and we had to try and figure out how to do that and make it economically uh, a viable business so we uh, we started basically selling direct to consumers back at that time and started selling everything grass-fed grass-finished before that we were a conventional operation that sold all of our production to the industry would go to a feedlot somewhere right. in the country. We never knew where it would go and it was always all uh, for meat not never in the dairy the we have uh lauren's yellow lab maze yeah Maisie. Um, is maybe the most excited of the stemple creek team for the uh, barbecue classic right yeah now. She's, she's running around she's every, hardcore trying to check in every team yeah, totally yeah so lauren so first of all is the family was it always cattle that's what i was gonna say yeah or what, what did you guys ever you know any other things um, no, so I grew up on a dairy actually right. until the 1980s and we hit hard times in the dairy industry right. and we started more on the beef side and that was when I was in high school and we had beef and sheep. Yep. And then when Lisa started, Lisa and I, my wife and co-partners started this uh, business, we, I wanted to do beef direct to consumers and she said, well, we have all these lambs, we should throw lamb on the website too. And uh, come to find out lamb is actually like the gateway, like the people that love our lamb, then they come to our beef. But our lamb is exceptional yeah. and the lamb in this region is exceptional. So now we do beef, lamb and pork here okay. and we do it in a regenerative fashion. Sam had started to ask me a question about carbon farming and um, we're, we try and do everything here as like a dance with mother nature where we're creating biodiversity, we're fencing off all of our creek um, uh, riparian corridors and we've, we fenced about five miles of riparian corridors. What that allows us to do is have clean water all the time mm -hmm. in the creeks and um, prevent cattle from going and grazing species that are, you know, not quite as resilient to grazing. Right. Um, and we've planted about 10,000 trees there in the creek, which is a massive carbon uh, sink for right, us. Right. It slows the water down. It actually decreases erosion. And at the, the really cool part about it that we didn't intend at the time is it creates biodiversity. And we have 55 types of migratory birds now that nest in that creek that didn't have the habitat 25 years ago. So it's totally awesome. Um, and so we call it a dance with mother nature. We're always trying to um, create biodiversity at the same time, 
pull CO2 from the atmosphere through photosynthesis, store it in the soil, and um, increase the carbon in our soil. And we've, we're part of this 10-year project uh, that's called the Marine Carbon Project. So far, it's showing that we're sequestering between 3,500 and 7,000 pounds of carbon per acre per year Holy with shit. our current management. There will be a time where we where we max we saturate the carbon in the soil, but the cool really cool part about it when you look at um, any type of farming wine or whatever is the more carbon you have in the soil the more it's like a sponge, so it holds more water. So this year in October in California we had like a massive rain, right. which was awesome in a drought, and a lot of uh, neighboring properties the water just ran to the ocean. Right. And in our our ranch we had 12 inches of rain and. 36 hours and we didn't have one drop leave the property it just soaked right in and i was like okay what we're doing is working you yeah. know so it's really exciting and and for you listeners i mean this is a to say uh, i think it's safe to say this is a windswept area um there's not a lot of trees out here what's out here is eucalyptus um that was planted as windbreaks am i correct in that mm -hmm. and then yep. and then a, a type of uh, conifer that grow real tall a lot of cypress and cypress. a lot of a lot of uh eucalyptus on the ridge tops that were planted by the early early settlers otherwise this is coastal prairie actually it Correct. was just okay. made up of of grasses and legumes and forbs right. low growing plants and we're trying to basically create that again right. except our riparian zones which are the areas that water goes or creeks basically they're they're forested with willows and other types of bays and other some oaks right. other types of plants that do good in this coastal region a few redwoods and then um and then the uplands we're trying to plant other plants like chicories brassicas plantains mm. deep tap-rooted stuff right. that grows really well that can access the water that's drought tolerant so we have photosynthesis year-round I, I and i at this point um anybody who's listened to this show before and heard the things that um that you know we say and that our wine making guests say the parallels between what you're doing and what um you know the best wineries are doing or just like it's so obvious right um as far as the farming side but the other piece of it um that's so brilliant for me uh is the direct to consumer part of of you know the stemple creek model <laughs> we went right from uh Adutet rose we had this whole like we're gonna like oh we're gonna pair wines with barbecue blah, blah blah we brought a bunch of wine we're probably just gonna open it and drink it and share it with all the contestants um and, and went right to the o3 montalena um <laughs> talk about i mean it's here sam right yeah. i know I, it's been open for it's a been bit. open for a while <laughs> it did cool off a little bit yeah um talk about the the shift to the direct-to-consumer model and and what that means for stemple creek uh, in particular, but also like the this your industry in general, because for sure in in the wine business, folks like you know Dane Sellers, sixteen six hundred, and all most of the people that we have on the show exist because of DTC, mm -hmm. um, and you know we get to talk about the vineyards and the farming in that way. Right. So what's that mean for you, and then but your industry <clears throat> in general? Yeah, so so the real value in DTC for us is we become. Uh, we create a relationship with consumers. Uh, the industry is full of bad actors, in my opinion. So you, you can have honesty, transparency, and quality, which are really the cores of our business. We want people to be able to come here like they are today, see us, taste our meats, meet us, see the wildlife, see the property, wonder why our property is green, you know, when everybody else's property is brown. And brown. 
um, and, um, and really just get a full authentic picture. And one of the benefits of that is we don't have to sell into a commodity market, which we never know what the price is going to be. So back before me and my wife started this business, my family would raise all of our cattle for the whole year. We would sell them all in one day and we never knew what the price was going to be. And it was like, it's not a very good business to not know. I mean, your expenses go up every year and you don't know what your price is going to be. So now we, we built in our prices. We have a fair, a fair uh, program so that we can make money and we can be a price makers and we can pay our staff, you know, benefits and we can, um, give our staff medical and, you know, we're not making a ton of money, but we're profitable, right. which is the goal without, without, um, profit, every business is not going to survive. So, so that has been one of the best things. And then it just really feels good, Sam, to be able to meet people like you guys and Bart and Chuck and, and, you know, break bread around a table, like literally and drink, you know, what you raised and what we raised. It just feels good. Yeah. It tastes better. Yeah. We live yeah, in real such quick, an I, awesome I, I, area. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. This is, is this good. good? Yeah. Oh my gosh. No. Oh, three. Yeah. I, don't, I, I was in uh, Reno in 2003. What was 2003 yeah. like, Bart? Uh, 2003. 2003. I have to figure out where it was. was. A, I, it was a, it was a big rain it year. It was a big rain year. It was a cooler year. Yeah. Um, uh, I I was at Benziger at the time. I honestly I not, like nothing stands out. You were at Benziger. You don't remember anything. It's all tequila. Yeah, and... it's a lot of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and Chuck, let's bring you in here for a second. Um, you've barbecued. You know, you've cooked meat from all over the place. All and you've gone all over the place. And then um, talk about you know Stemple Creek raised animals no. and what is, is is it different when you're cooking it does it taste better taste different like what is your you know i, I know somehow I, I made the connection between you guys you probably did. because yes, i was really i wanted chuck grilling on that epic stemple creek grill that's outside right now and i just like, i had a vision we've never well i guess you guys have made the vision happen i, I never made the vision happen and cook here again what i knew then is dog shit compared to what i know now so right. we got to have the flavor train back here again right. just to do a bigger well, and better flavor train 16600 we'll, we'll come yeah, back we got to do something right. Let's do it but yeah you did make the connection real quick though i got to go on uh lauren and sam were talking about the property earlier Growing up out here as a California boy, you're smoking joints with your friends on rides up <laughs> and you look at the country and you take it for granted. Where we're at, when you think about California and beautiful places, that's what Stemple Creek is. I, I think it's quintessential California, at least in my heart and mind. So yeah. just as a description for those who want to know. But yeah, Sam made the connection. Um, my day job insurance is near his uh, office for you know the winery and everything. One day he said, I got a guy, Lauren, decent man, better farmer. Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, but yeah, but, uh, he's a yeah. really good yeah. farmer, though. He's, yeah, a really he's a really good, good farmer. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, uh, Sam hooked us up and uh, trusting as he was, Lauren, great guy. I mean, personalities clicked right away. That was the main thing. I came out here, I did an event for them. And uh, ever since then, we've been buddies. You know, I would like to think of him beyond the business. I consider him a friend. You know, he knows my wife, he knows my daughter, vice versa. Um, as far as the food goes on that side, it's different. Um, speaking honestly, in the barbecue world, it's Wagyu. It's, you know, they want corn fed. So right. I think it's weird growing up out in this area. Not weird, but it's a different perspective. We grew up, grass fed to me is something, there's local farms throughout the area, even before, you know, Stemple Creek and this, you can go drive up, you know, whatever, heading towards Sears Point, And there's three farms right off the road that are selling grass fed beef. So right. it's something to me that 
I'm used to it. As I got older and educated myself on the quality of beef, what it does to the environment, I think that's where it really hit home with me. So it's locally owned, sustainable, it's good for the environment, it tastes fucking amazing, and the owners are good people, right. it's kind of like a win-win-win. Right. So that's my kind of experience. And, and what's cool about today is some of the people here even today are like, oh, it's grass-fed, and oh, it's you know, pasture-raised, it's sustainable. They didn't know that. Right. People are trying little cuts of the, you know, the, beet, the brisket, the trimmings, this is like cheese. The fat has its own flavor. It's different. Yep. It looks different. Just the entire process is very cool to open the eyes of the people that haven't had it. So I'm happy to help kind of spread that word, be on that journey with him. And it's also exciting even to me myself to see the way the world of barbecue is changing and becoming more accepting of right. you know what was standard at one point in time. Well, I mean, let's face it. The higher quality product you start with, the better the end product. A hundred percent. But also within that, people are used to a certain type of high quality product. Again, like I said, that's Wagyu or that's corn fed, but people don't realize that within that grass fed, it's a different flavor. And going back to how I said cheese earlier, it's almost like cheese or charcuterie with, you know, um, grass fed beef, you know, it smells different. It tastes different depending on if it's aged or not, depending how you cook it, what marinade, you can get three different flavors, five, 10 different flavors off the same cut, you know? And I yeah, think there's different terroirs by different regions, exactly. just like wine, you know, like, right. you know, we feel like our beef tastes differently and from this region because of the salty, foggy morning dew on the grass. It tastes like that. When you smell as a kid growing up in the area, when you had played soccer as a kid, every kid remembers that, or literally whatever the hell it was. That's what the meat kind of tastes like from that grass. It's like that California springtime wet grass. And I think that's a good thing. And right. there was guys that they're trying it earlier said, this tastes like clean grass. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's fucking good. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. and that's what it should be when it tastes fake or chemically. That's not, you know, it's, and when you can taste the area, if you go to SoCal and get it from a farmer down, it might not be the same. To me, that's a good thing. Right. You should be able to taste that local influence. If, if it's mass marketed trying to, you know, create a fake, product you know that's not what i want i want to oh, taste yeah. the individual difference the other cool thing about today is it's really going to separate the the different chefs or people that are cooking because not everybody's used to cooking with grass-fed it cooks differently and it's a learned skill right and just like winemaking you get yeah, grapes yeah. from different parts of the different regions or you know or different bricks levels or yeah, whatever yeah. so this is not as fatty as um you know mm -hmm. conventional beef so it's less forgiving Right. And it's more skill. And the pork ribs as well. They're not um they're not fattened up. They're not injected. You're not getting ribs that are sixty-five percent saline injection. So right. even now I cook some ribs. We had extra racks, I threw them in the smoker. Salt and pepper, that's it. And a couple of the competitors are smart. How long did these take you? <laughs> said about two hours. And they're not, they're out there. Standard <laughs> ribs, you're looking at four, five, six hours. Right. You're smart if you ask how long it takes. Because if you cook these for four, five, six hours, it's fucking jerky. Right. And nobody wants that, you know. So it's really, it is a different. We you know? cooked one brisket this morning just as, <laughs> as not part of the competition, just for ourselves. We're doing a whole lamb on the spit right. as well. That and uh, Chuck sits there and looks at it and goes, man, it's only been on there for a couple hours, but it's already 161 degrees. I said, well, how do you know that? He goes, because that's what I do. And we put the thermometer in it. It was 161 I have, degrees. I have that on video. That'll, so, that'll be on Instagram yeah. at some point somewhere. Um, the concept of terroir and beef is just like, I, I, know. I want to dig so far into that. I, you know, I think it's I real. If no, not to 100%. cut you guys off, but uh, as a foodie and a yeah. beef guy, Wolfgang Puck, I don't know if you guys seen the chef show with John Favre and Roy yeah, Choi. Yeah, yeah. Great show if you haven't. They actually did an episode out here in Tamales. They went to the Oyster Bowl. Very cool stuff. But yeah. on a side note, Wolfgang Puck, who everyone knows, and only referenced that because 
again, there's a distinction of it's got to be this or that. At his restaurant cut, he talks about, I have a bunch of grass fed from local farms in California. I've got Japanese Wagyu. I have regular, you know, run of the mill beef. But the whole point is everywhere, if it's grown right, should taste like where it's from. Yeah. And that's why you offer the difference. And that's what I think is um, what people miss. People want one thing. There's plenty of room for all this. I do tasting menus where I'll serve a couple of Stemple Creek cuts. I'll serve some Australian grass fed. I'll serve, but it, it really does taste different depending on where yeah. it's from, what the environment's like, what the, you know, even the air, dry, animals that are grown in a dry, you know, environment right. taste different than, there's a lot of moisture in the air out here. Right. I feel like you can taste that. You know, totally. it's like, you can almost taste like that misty kind of ocean water and, and I know it sounds crazy to say, but once you've tried shit that's grown in a dry area, or even beef from Florida or wherever, it just tastes different. Right. It's, you know, well, and I can't notice that in wine, but as a guy with a big belly, I can notice that in beef. You know? <laughs> well, we could sit, we could spend a little, you know, you clearly I have a palate, so we could we could spend a little time and you'd, mm -hmm. you'd, you'd find it in wine because it's yeah. there too. You just, you know, totally. you have to have the, it's a, just like the, anything, it's a mileage game. Um, so let's talk about your mileage, Chuck. Where, you know, I know you, you grew up in Napa. We, we, you graduated from the high school that I went to for a minute and didn't graduate from. Why didn't uh, you graduate? I'm just kidding. Uh, it was, uh, you know, we, it, it wasn't me, it was them, or it wasn't them, it was me. It Times was, it was a mutual then. decision to break up. Um, I left before they kicked me out. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, how did you get into, to, barbecue how to you know kind of like tell and and from you know talk also about like you are you know maybe the most social media famous person that i know certainly uh it was certainly one of them talk about like sort of what that rise has been like in the last few years from uh you know hanging out at the tasting house to you know hanging out at uh, uh levi stadium right yeah, um, it's been a very cool journey. I do have to say that I'm very humbled every day. Again, being even here, you know, I, I play it off cool and I like to drink a lot, but this shit is humbling to me. It really is. You know, um, you guys truly are legends in the game. You know, it's I'm very loyal to the Bay Area and to the area, you know, so this means a lot to me. But yeah, I'm adopted, grew up in Napa, so food has always been a part of my life. Um, my dad is Italian, very proud of it. So Italian food played a big role, eating dinners together every night. As a fat kid, food was very important to me. And I say that lovingly, you know, we're in the whole era of body pump. I say that lovingly. I like food. I like eating. Um, I think it was like fifth grade. I talked my parents into buying me an infomercial cooking thing. So I've always liked food. I'd cook for the guys who play basketball, um, team, team dinners, football, all that stuff. I got a smoker six years ago for Christmas for my brother, and um, that really kind of opened my eyes. And they make jokes, either you know, you turn 30, you either get into wine, beer, or barbecue. And I got into all of them, you know, it's like, I like it all. Um, but the coolest thing about that, I think, was the community that opened up. It wasn't just guys that like to cook meats, it's meeting Sam and meeting Lauren, it's, it's doing some shit you love around something that people in general love as well. So uh, the opportunity to cook, you can be loud, you can be obnoxious. We're having beers, you let yourself shine. Even in people making wine, making beer, whatever you're making, Lauren raising beef, you put your heart and soul into what you do and people can taste that, smell that, feel that, enjoy it. And I think a barbecue has allowed me to kind of share myself. And the best part, it's like, I met you, I've met Lauren. Like you said, the Levi Stadium, cooking for the 49ers, I don't do shit. I tell people, how do I get into barbecue? 
fucking post it. Cook it, post it, share it. You want to make wine? Do it. Whatever it is you want to do, don't wait. Do that shit now. And it sounds cliche. I've been doing this for six years. It's not a long time. The things I've done now would blow my mind as a child. And it's only the beginning still. So the journey has been humbling. It's been exciting. But like I said, it's really about this. Drinking wine. This is something I'll go home and tell my dad about, tell my grandmother about. That's what I did today. So that's really the most exciting part. It just so happens that a lot of things people love go hand in hand, whether that's wine, food, you can add music to that category. I mean, all those things go together. I think it's part of soul, what makes us as people tick. So it's been a beautiful ride and hopefully this is only the beginning. You know, it's I wanna do yeah. bigger things, I wanna do better things. Next year, I want a thousand people here. I want Lauren, I want all of us, <laughs> I want all of us to be, you know, pushing shit, selling shit. I want the public to be out here with us. So it's been a beautiful yeah. ride, humble to be here. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, the way that we all came to this is that we saw your post about this and I said to Sam, I said, Let's do this. Yeah. Like, well, let's enter and, you know, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll do it on grapevines and wine barrels. And, and then we started talking about it. And I'm like, I, I think we're in over our heads. And Sam's like, no, we're good. Let's do it. Let's just. I was, let's looking, up, I was looking up smokers that ran. You have to like <laughs> go out and conquer it and pull it on a trailer. And we're like, uh, maybe. And maybe. Then, yeah, maybe we'll just see if they'll let us come and do a podcast. <laughs> we roll in and we look at the outfits and we're like, oh such the good decision yeah. just uh, to come out and bring wine <laughs> just bring, bring yeah, wine and people here though and go ask around i mean i know you guys kind of got here we went straight to this yeah. check with the people i'd say there's more first timers oh yeah you. a lot it's of first timers because there's a gentleman out here who is like he knows sponsors i work with he knows some of, he's one of the best he's a grant champion in the california barbecue hall of fame but right. then there's guys that have never smoked before just like you that messaged me we don't want to do this when are you gonna do it then? Right, you only live once, you know All what I'm right. saying? A Come couple, out, and yeah. if it sucks, even bad barbecue is yeah. pretty damn good. You know? <laughs> a like, couple of them, their father's, you know, father's Day gifts. The family bought the uh, bought the entry to the thing because the father loves to barbecue and they love their food. So there are a couple dads out there, first time ever, and they're they're all everybody's pumped up. They're working together and. You know, one thing that's a theme here with all of us and your podcast and Sam's Winery and, and all of us is authenticity and, and with the flavor Jane and Chuck is like, you just are what you are. Right. And, you know, people are attracted to authenticity. We don't need any more smoke, smoke screens, smoke right. and mirrors, be it bullshit. We need the real thing and it is what it is, you know? And, and so I think you got, when you're looking at each other here, it's pretty easy to see that. And I think, I, oh. I was just going to say, Lauren, just so you know this, I, and there's a thought I had the other day I shared with Sam is I, I recently went to a seminar about uh, climate change. And one of the answers that, you know, among the list of things that we can all do individually to make things better is to one of the suggestions with them was to go to a more plant based diet. Mm. And I contend that if you buy your meat from Stemple Creek and people that farm like you do, that you don't have to stop eating meat. No, <laughs> come on, that's hundred percent true. We, so. we know it's all about yeah. about balance and stuff. Yeah. But but the point is, is that the differences that you guys are doing out here far outweigh people changing their diets and stuff. Well, and actually, the only way, and we don't have enough time on in this podcast to talk about, but the only way that we're going to reverse the damage that's been done in the last hundred fifty years is through agriculture, right. through photosynthesis, and through gra grazing animals. Yeah. And I have one. I have one thing I just have to say. Get on but that soapbox. I get man. these people that are like, "Oh my God, I quit eating uh, meat because it's going to save the planet." And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, what happened to the atmosphere? What happened to the air? The first three weeks of lockdown with COVID. 
We all know. We looked outside and the fucking skies cleared up. And the cows were still farting and burping all over the fucking planet. And people are like, oh, it's the cows that are causing global warming. I mean, look in the mirror, you dumb son of a bitches. It's the people that are driving around that are, you know, it's people that are causing this. It's not cows that are causing this. There's 300 million ruminants, you know, 500 years ago. So it's just like, come on. Um, yeah. I just sorry I had to no. poke that a little bit. No, no, that's I, I mean just what I want. We could do three or four. <laughs> that's we could do three or four hours on this one. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and look, this is it is exactly what brings us all together, and, and the authenticity, sure, but um, we know that the way to make the climate better, forget, to make the planet better, to make our lives better, is to work with people who are good people who are your neighbors who are doing things locally and, and doing the and, you know and also we're so blessed to be in sonoma county and we're in <laughs> county where um you know napa county where you have access to do it like this also right i mean you know but and actually I want, this kind of goes back to a question and not to pull the the veil back too much but you talk about it stemple creek raises animals all over california and yeah. the west coast do you, can you tell me, like, could we blind you on a uh, a New York from, you know, one of the Oregon ranches compared to one of the California ranches? Could you, or is it, because they rotate so much, it's not quite like that? Or, or You know, I think seasonally we can definitely tell the difference. It'd okay. be hard to tell the difference based on just one box. I'm not, right. you know, great at saying it's all delicious. Right. So yeah. We're not going to put our label on anything that's not delicious. But there is definitely seasonal effects, and I can tell the difference in Humboldt versus, you know, our area. Right. And I can tell you one thing, like season, I mean, grass-fed is more important to eat seasonality-wise, like because the peak grass is the most amount of carbohydrates. Right. And if you like fat and flavor, which I do, then you need to have um, a fat animal. So right. we try and replicate the, the beef to look like it's grain-fed but tastes better than it's grain fed. So we want fatty grass fed beef, not lean red meat. Right. Lean red meat is very easy to raise. Fatty, beautiful, delicious grass fed beef is not very easy to raise. It can be easier to raise if we do it just seasonal right. and harvest it at peak season, but we do a year round fresh program. Right. And it, so it becomes more of a challenge and that's why we have to move the cattle around to other places in the state that have right. peak season grass. I mean, you are, granted I don't like hang out with, cattle ranchers every day but you're the only cattle rancher i've ever known who um has a refractometer in his truck <laughs> and the, the first time i came out here and you, you you know it was you went out and pulled a bunch of grass and squeezed the the grass juice onto the refractometer is that uh, uh, t t talk about that for a second because or you know do, the, um, do your neighbors think you're crazy with that or, or is that like standard practice in this industry? No, my neighbors think I'm crazy with pretty <laughs> no much everything, what, right? but okay. some of them are starting to do some of the same yeah, things. Yeah. So it's, it's always like, that's know, how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's a small tidal wave starts small and they work up and, yeah. and my whole goal is, you know, for more people to do what we're doing because I really think it's the right thing. Yeah. But, um, um, so I hired this lady from New Zealand like 10 years ago. And she, when we started this carbon farm planning, I was like, you know, I was always a grass farmer. I, w I was like, okay, we put nitrogen on the grass. It grows. We grow a lot of grass. We harvest it. And she used the analogy of like, you can grow a lot of grass. It's like McDonald's grass, or you can grow a little bit less grass or the same amount that's like Chez Panisse grass. 
And you know, one of them is more healthy for you and your body and tastes better than the other one. And so I kind of like, but it all starts with the soil. And so we did this really small experiment where we took nine test plots and we sprayed seawater on one, milk on one, fish oil and milk and, you know, water and nothing. And we, we measured the bricks level six hours later of those different test plots. And the one with seawater went from a bricks of two to 10. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like seawater is going to kill the grass. Not right. You put salt on grass is going to kill it. And in this case, there's, there's 78 or 80 different micro micro minerals in seawater. Right. And there's something in there that boosted the, you know, the biology in the soil and made the plants photosynthesize more to increase the bricks. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this blew my mind. I need to start focusing on the soil. And that's really now I consider myself a photosynthesis farmer or a soil farmer, not a grass farmer. Because if we do everything right at the soil, we're going to have nutrient density. We're going to have increased bricks. We're going to have diversity. Diversity helps with that. We're going to have fungi and algae and um, good biology in the soil that's living year round. So we just use the six soil health principles and we try and we're trying to do that and it's working the six soil health we can you oh i could rattle off a bunch of them but i'm not sure if i get all six well nobody's counting but uh (laughs) it's basically always keep soil cover so like we don't want bare soil we want uh biodiversity so we want more than one type of plant that's why you plant cover crops in in between the rows Um, we want a living root in the ground year round so something photosynthesizing year round Um, we want biodiversity not monocrops that was three four. and a half or four. No, you're four. That's four. Um, Is it four? I'm keeping track. We want to take context into place. So your sense of place is important. If you it's have five. six feet of snow on the ground, it's different than if you're here right. in a Mediterranean climate. Right. And um, I don't remember the sixth. The one. sixth one is just do a good job, right? Five or well, six. No. That's five, passing. That's we did, we did good. Right. We <laughs> are, the sixth one is have a little soul. Yeah, maybe. Right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. The fifth element of terroir. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. This is damn good wine, by the way. This is uh, yeah, we're we talking about the the O three Montalina. Or are we on to Bartwine now? No, I think we still the O three Montalina there. Yeah. I'm drinking it's some of Bartwine right now. I'm, I'm headed to Bartwine. I'm, I'm drinking a beautiful Z. This is my third glass since we started the podcast, though. As so. well, right? Well, yeah. no one's keeping track. That's usually on. right. We don't we're, we don't we're not much for counting around here. And that's drinking definitely uh, red wine in the daytime can be like uh, dangerous. <laughs> well, not what? dangerous, but I'm saying like for me, it's like yeah. certain things will put you to bed. This Zen is amazing this is like velvety it's very daytime approachable is what i'm trying to well, say i mean i was you know we were we were emailing and texting back and forth about this event for the last couple of weeks and the, sort of the last email came from lauren earlier this week when it was 105 in sonoma yeah. and he's like it's hot out here today that means it's gonna be cold as yeah. shit when you come out on saturday and and to be honest i couldn't wait right i was like i'm, I'm gonna wear shorts i'm gonna wear a t-shirt i want to like soak up some foggy air uh and you know this is red wine in the daytime country Weather. you oh, know yeah, and that fog rolls out at you know noon and it's still like you got that chill in the air it's you know a week from Fourth of July, uh, no clouds, seventy degrees, basically perfect California weather. Totally, <laughs> this is what we pay to live here. I don't forget, that. boys. The the, yeah, these are the good old days. Yeah. Don't forget it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have all these challenges, but like today is the good old yeah. days. We're gonna look back on this and be like, remember when? Yeah, yeah. you know, remember when we had fog? Yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope that. I hope we don't say that. But um, yeah. 
but uh, on that <laughs> depressing note, let's um, talk more about Stemple Creek and and um, so so first of all, okay, so go ahead, go ahead. can people? How do people buy Stemple Creek? Yeah. Oh yeah, so we um, we sell to a lot of local retailers here, lo- uh, you know, in the Bay Area, right? <clears throat> Smaller mom and pop grocery stores. We do two farmers markets in Marin County on Thursday and Sunday. But the easiest way for people around the country to get our product is to go to stemplecreek.com and you can order it and it's there in a couple days. We ship once a week, you know, so we ship on Mondays and Tuesdays. I got my uh, 4th of July box order in last week. Yeah, baby. Yeah. 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 And if you're in the Bay Area, I mean, step it up. I mean, hit up your local Nugget Market. You can go to the Berkeley Bowl. That's how I first found it. But even before I I knew about an Oliver's OG back at Sonoma State. Uh, That was like Stemple Creek. Like, what is this? Like, Why does this hamburger taste so much better than all the others? And what is this? And what's this cool green logo that has its own little flag standing up between it? You know, it's like. But yeah, but I mean, if you're local, you can find it easily too, as well. So yeah, yeah the website yeah. works. Code what the chuck if you want a little discount. I'm just saying, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, we have a what the chuck discount. Wait, wait I wish minute. I had known that yesterday yeah. when I was yeah. sitting there with my American Express card. Yeah. <laughs> what the chuck? Thirteen yeah. percent too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And Chuck, what about you? How do people find you, and and what do you got going on? Man, cooking, catering, staying busy, events like this. Um, everything I do is kind of private events. Um, it's just more fun that way, I like to say. Nothing wrong with serving the public, but everything's online, social media. Chucksflavortrain.com, Chucksflavortrain Gmail, uh, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. If you put in fat, black, alcoholic, I'll probably pop up somewhere. <laughs> uh, sure. just Hashtag. Yeah. What the yeah. But oh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm online a lot. And I really, lately, it's been very cool. Like I said earlier, it's been cool doing events like this, getting out. And I've been trying to do more public things like this or interacting with you know people so it's been fun right on well i think what we're gonna do is um let these guys go check let guys go check them check the that lamb yep. and i know we got some boxes out to the contestants and oh, yeah, things are starting to happen in the barbecue world out there so um we might come back and and record a second segment or we might just drink wine and eat meat and um, i'm fine either way but leave the, the equipment the second segment's gonna be a lot louder yeah. well that's yeah. no that's gonna i want to i want to drag a contestant or two in here and see I what they have awesome. to say so yeah. um we'll uh we got a we got a bunch of wine we got a bunch of time what i want to know sam is would curry just sit on top of a wine barrel like that <laughs> I, I, his age, I don't know. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. You know exactly why Curry's well, not yeah. here. Yeah. For, you know, Curry would always get very excited whenever he saw Chuck in the parking lot, when, especially when he was a puppy. And I I'm think going, I knew Curry before I met uh, you. For honestly. sure. And, and at first I was like, God, do I have to like, I, I know it's Dog Lives in Sonoma, is he is he racist? Is he not see enough black people? I, I in his get life? out of the truck and this, <laughs> this little uh, lab would run up to me every time, like, oh my God, here we go again. Turns out. Curry smart knew that dog. Chuck was in barbecue before. Very, any of very the smart dog. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like Curry's like, oh, there's smells good over here. Yeah. <laughs> smells yeah. like blunts and barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it honestly how I met Sam. That's how I met Sam. So really, Curry's responsible for me knowing totally. Sam, Bart, Lauren, the whole thing. Sam, or Curry set it all up. So yeah, props to Curry. Curry would be yeah. barking right Amazing. now. Amazing. Curry, no, this be, has been fun. Yeah, yeah this was great. Yeah, thank you. We're, we'll come back and, and hang out a little bit later and and. Uh, with a river too. Yeah, but all right. just for all you people out there, in case we don't eat more grass-fed beef. Eat, eat more grass-fed beef. Yeah, Go thanks, to StempleCreek.com. 
If you don't already Drink follow organic wines, you know, race locally, you know. Thank you, man. And, and if you don't follow Chuck on social media, don't um, do it. It's worst decision. It's ever. Worst decision ever. And <laughs> you're like the last person left in America who doesn't. Uh, <laughs> and uh, happy Fourth of July. This is the barbecue show. Um, we have all these wines that we're going to pair with barbecue. So maybe we'll come back and talk barbecue. Let's do wine. it. All right. All right. All right. See you in a minute. And we're back. The Stemple Creek Barbecue Classic. It's like a radio intro. And we're back. And we're back. Uh, what a day. What a day indeed. The champ is here. Don't the talk to me. Right talk now. to the champ in the building. I, mean, I feel like you're All the way from Southern me. California. You know what I'm saying? Los Angeles in the house. Yeah. So so the judging was intense. We Bart and I uh, were flies on the wall during the judging and watching these guys. They went hard trying to figure out uh, a, from a bunch of good barbecue. And the winner, Dave Ross. Came the furthest away than from everybody, anybody out there, right? Of the, uh, the contestants, you're all the way from LA. That's right. Um, talk about uh, what you did with your with your ribs and your brisket today, Dave. Well, you know, uh, I did come really far, but I didn't think I was going to come so far. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I just want to say what a cool and amazing opportunity. This is actually my first competition, so it's so humbling and gratifying to have won on my first effort out. Um, I worked really hard on doing this and, uh, it's really cool to see that having paid off, um, realizing that there is a difference between what I'm cooking for my customers or my family and the competition's its own thing. So I really did the deep dive and thinking about, you know, the fact that Chuck is going to have like one, maybe two bites of it. And like, how do I craft something that is going to be so compelling on that one bite where you've had who knows, eight, nine, 10 other pieces of something like what's gonna make you say like, I am so full, but I still want another bite of this. Yeah, I mean, just jumping in real quick, we ate a shit ton of barbecue. <laughs> you guys ate a lot of meat. And they're talking about- Everybody was like sweating, yeah. all the meat sweat thing. And people are saying at one point, because we have the categories and one's uniqueness, and people say, what does uniqueness mean? And how does that differentiate from flavor? I said, something that tastes good, but you might not remember it. Uniqueness is what makes it stand out to you. And I kept saying, I want a little pow, like hit me in the mouth with some flavor. Your ribs did that. And the brisket competition wasn't close. I'm a, stick, I'm a stickler for brisket. Um, there was three briskets that to me were, sorry, two were decent and then one was fucking good. And yours was the only brisket. I'm like, this is a fucking good brisket. Thanks so much. So man. yeah, I think you were nines across the board for me for brisket. And wow. You were the only one to get nine. So it wasn't even, you know, everyone did good, but it wasn't close. And to me, you had talked before about you try to kind of represent from your, your culture and, you know, from where you're from. And what I tasted was just you, you know, it's just, mm. there was a punch. Everyone else needed some seasoning. You're the only one, it didn't need salt to I me. Mean, it didn't need anything extra. So yeah, you killed it, man, it's on. And as someone that did very well in my first competition and then had the ups and downs, enjoy this shit. You, you might be the wizard yeah. and you might have it figured out, but I want you to know that it might not always be like this, but uh, yeah, no. And the fact that you told me after that it was your first time traveling from Southern California to Northern California for a competition, that shit that, pro guys I know do. So the fact that you did that, man, I don't know what your goals are, but I'm excited to be part of it. At well, this point, I'm part of the journey. So whatever it is, I'm, I'm on board with it. When we were talking, you just like within the last year, basically went pro as a, in, in cooking and catering and yeah. from like the backyard to, to working clients. Right. Actually, frankly, like it's been like fermenting for the last year, I think is a good way to put it. So, uh, not to go too far, but, uh, uh, I was a respiratory therapist for 10 years and, uh, kind of as COVID was starting to break, I was already having some 
issues family-wise and like with my personal satisfaction and what that work was like and how it was just taking so much from me and I wasn't feeling like I had anything left to give to my wife afterwards or my friends. And that was brutal, you know, because yeah. I, I really want to connect with the people that are around me that are close to me. Um, and that's the genesis of the name of my company. So it's Pueblo Barbecue. Pueblo is Spanish for village, but yeah. it also just kind of means like people, like your people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, that's what Pueblo is for me, you know, just having a fire, cooking for the people I care about, making maybe somebody new that I care about over that connection of just having a good meal and sharing something with them. Uh, so I did like a series of dinners over the fall and that was kind of my proof of concept. Just, I feel like I'm good at this, but you know, what's it like to cook for 30 people and well, 30 people like it all at the same time. Yeah. And uh, that ended up being the case. Like I had surveys for everybody and got a lot of amazing feedback and kind of took that uh, at that point. Uh, so I, me and my wife have a six month old. Congratulations. Thanks man. And so uh, pregnancy was hard for her. So I kind of hit pause towards the end of the pregnancy. And then we had little man and felt like I was an opportunity leave. And it's really actually Super Bowl this year. So February is like the first real event that I did and uh, just the sparks have been happening from there and it's small, but like I feel the traction and like today has certainly been a big part of that. A proof of that. Builder, yeah, right? proof of yeah. that. Yeah. So if yeah, people, people, how do they find you? Pueblo, Pueblo barbecue. So it's uh Pueblo BBQ. Okay. com or at Pueblo BBQ on Instagram. Awesome. Okay. And you're based in LA. That's right. So I'm in LA, but I've served LA, Orange County. I've proven that, uh, I'll drive up to Norcal if it's worth it. Right, right, exactly. A thousand bucks minimum now. He's got a new rate. You got to give him a thousand bucks worth of meter. He's not coming. So I got to ask one question. Yeah. Had you ever worked with grass-fed beef before? I mean, I've definitely. Or was that on your radar, like that there was a difference? Oh, absolutely. So I've cooked grass-fed steaks before, but this is my first time doing brisket that was grass-fed. And I knew that that I know what the intensity on the steak is like and had to imagine how that was gonna be magnified over that big cut like a brisket. Um, and then knowing that there's so much fat that's gonna be rendered, how was that punch going to translate? And so it was very interesting for me coming into this competition, my first time doing a grass-fed brisket, having some ideas on how that was going to be different and playing some jazz and loved that it happened. It's, it's just amazing. What kind, of, awesome. what kind of jazz do you listen to? Oh, man. Um, I'm a bass player. Okay. You know, but See, now we're getting into the real stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's hard not to dismiss just like the classic stuff. I love Miles. I love Coltrane. Uh -huh. um, Coltrane was on the table as a middle name for uh, my son. You know, okay. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be friends, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to tie something that yeah, yeah. Dave said back in how he's... You know, it felt like the right time. He wasn't satisfied with his job. Something I said earlier is people always talk about how do I start barbecue or how do I start catering? And I just said, fucking do it. So, mm. and I said, don't wait. And I think that's something he's learning now is he felt like he couldn't keep doing what he was doing. He needed something to make him happy. He took the leap. And now it's probably like, shit, I could have done this a while ago. I just want to, you know, it's, but that's what I'm saying. Whatever it is that you want to do that you love, just do it. You know, you're never going to know until you try. So it's really cool to talk about that and then see it actually happen right here today. So yeah, it's funny how it works out. Oh, absolutely. You know, like I came up here and I, I just wanted to have a good time learn meet some good folks um and so through that perspective maybe it sounds cheesy but i was thinking on the drive up like i already won mm -hmm. this has been such a great experience already just getting ready for this not in the like oh slam dunk i got this i won but like i could have come in last and i already won because this has been a 
really humbling, gratifying experience, learning a lot, meeting all these great people. Uh, the fact that I actually won the competition is just an enormous cherry on top. If I could invest in somebody, I'd fucking invest right? in you. I like to say, I can see when someone's got the juice, you've got it, man. So honestly, much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think we saved box number nine. I'm going to try a piece in a minute here with a glass of Syrah <laughs> or something. But uh, this has just been a, an awesome day and love to plug into the barbecue culture a little bit and, um, you know, bring what we're doing with the wine in the show and a lot of uh, crossover. They yeah, go well together. Happy to be here. We, yeah, we, bar we barbecue all the time, right? Yeah, they go well together and, and they go well together. And, um, you know, Sam and I both make wines that are, as we've always said, Zinfandel, Syrah, Grenache, th those wines are meant for this. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think we kind of confirmed that again today. And, yep. um, and Rosé. And Rosé. Yeah, the, the, the Rosé and brisket. Like, that was pretty magical, <laughs> yeah, actually. Rosé and brisket party, we man. We definitely do. And yeah. it's like, I'm already seeing now the next Temple Creek event. It's like, you know, oh my goodness, there's actually a, a wine pairing available with barbecue for customers at a ticketed price. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. The Winemaker Pods is a sponsor of it. Uh, you know? yeah, but I'm just brainstorming it. here over We're here. Who knows yeah. what I know what I'm talking about. Speaking you know? of uh, well, things that you're trying to... We didn't do this earlier. We, you know, we made sure that uh, Lauren could shout out Stemple Creek, and you have all these product, this product line. We never talk about it. It's, Give yourself uh, a plug, Chuck. Yeah, real quick. I don't like to talk about myself, despite what I say. Chuck'sFlavorTrain.com <laughs> is the website. Chuck's Flavor Train on Instagram, TikTok, anything. I do have my own rubs, handmade, organic, non-GMO certified and verified, made in California by hand. Four flavors, plus two others on the side and three more coming. But you can get them all. Gustus Vitae, G-U-S-T-U-S Vitae, V-I-T-A-E dot com. Or from my website, hit me up on Instagram. Google it. You'll find it. What, is, what does Gustus Vitae mean? A taste of life. And hopefully uh, that's what you get with every bite. You know? right. Open the can. You'll be basking in the ambiance of flavors. What I say, if you don't like it, you don't know what's good. But. <laughs> Dude, straight up. I didn't know that was you. I got a can of the... Uh, Basil, sea salt, and a bespoke post Oh, yeah, box. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We partnered yeah. with bespoke as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's so. amazing, dude. Yeah, well, cool. Full circle, man. Yeah, so cool. absolutely full circle. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize so, but yeah, so, very cool. I mean, I got to say, one of the one of the best things about this today has just been all the aromas. Like, <laughs> like, the moment, like the moment that you open the car door. Yes. Yeah. As soon as you come over the hill, coming over yeah. here, you can smell it. Yeah. yeah. And then and then when you guys were sitting in here judging, and as a box would open, <laughs> you could totally smell the different boxes. Every open. box, yeah. Totally. I mean, re really awesome, really mm -hmm. awesome. So, Chuck, great job. Thank. Yeah. I did nothing. Thank you to Lauren. Thank you to Stubble yeah. Creek. Thank you for you guys coming out. You know, it's nice. It's good. Good uh, to have the conversation and share a little bit of love with the people is what we're doing. Stemple so. Creek Barbecue yeah. Classic, man. This is this is a legendary event. potentially semi-annual, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like. You know? yeah, semi I think Lauren's going to do this every yeah. weekend yeah, if he right. can. <laughs> it's a little far, bro. Yeah, right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. We'll see you once a month or yeah, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's it. Um, uh, this is 4th of July uh, recording. The barbecue so guys, episode. The barbecue episode. Um, I hope all of our listeners are having a great time. Um, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Happy, happy 4th of July. Reporting live from on location, Winemakers Podcast at Stemple Creek Ranch. Petaluma, California. Petalu Although, are we in that Marin County? All right. Yeah, I think, the, line, <laughs> I think the line's right over my shoulder. Right, we're on the line. We're always on the line. Hey, Dave, congratulations, man. Thanks Thank so much, Chuck. Thanks, Thanks again. Thank you. Yeah.